Hi everyone, I'm Deja. I'm Liv. And you're listening to another episode of The Rebound Pod. Rebound Pod Pod, Rebound Pod Pod. If you want to listen, it comes out on Thursdays. Rebound Pod Pod, Rebound Pod Pod. Featuring Deja and Liv. Rebound Pod Pod, Rebound Pod Pod. It was Nigerian Independence last week. Rebound Pod Pod, Rebound Pod Pod. And it's my birthday in a week. Oh, Livy Savage. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one was lit. Do you know, as you were about to go into a freestyle, I was really manifesting a good freestyle for you because I know how shy you get when it doesn't come through. Yeah, yeah. That was a sick one. Well done. Thank you so much. Hey, get it, girl. Um, Can I tell you something that I'm like irrationally quite nervous about? Oh, go on. The fact that, obviously, we're one of the lucky few people that are going to see WizKid next month. Yeah. It's actually next month now. Oh, my um, gosh, that's scary. But it's exciting. obviously, I don't know Yoruba. <laughs> hey, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know Yoruba. And um, I when I sing the songs, I'm obviously making up the words. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like at the concert, I can't do that. So I'm a little bit nervous. But it's going to be loud. No one will know. How yeah, but some you know I shout sometimes on Snapchat and stuff. Oh yeah, your Snapchat people and Instagram people will know. They're gonna know. They're gonna know. They're gonna know. Um, but the people around you might not know. They might just think, "Oh my gosh, for a Jamaican, she knows all the words." <laughs> they might think. That, do you know what? Do you know what? I don't mind like making it up for like most songs, but okay. my my struggle is I really don't know how to say. I'm getting so embarrassed. I Go really on. don't know how to say Audrey <laughs> Legba in tune. Like, I can't. Yeah, same. Same. I just go, oh, you know what? After he says it, I, just, I feel like there's a lot of letters in that word. Bro. So it's like for you to get the intonation and it's to also so do it in time hard. and look swaggy while you're doing it, yes. honestly. It's, it's so not an easy hard. feat. It's like, um, Neo Jale Bao. I think that's quite know my song. They know my song from all down studio. I the hustle to my Neo Jalebao. It's like I think, you have to, I think you're getting there. But I can You might need to practice. You. Maybe record yourself. When you listen back to this, be like, right, what went well? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even yeah. better if and then maybe just riff. revise. Yeah. But do you know what it is? Because that was just a cappels, I feel like mm. I could do it quite well. But when the whiskers in the background it's true. singing when it, gassed. when it's actually on, it's really hard it's a different situation no that's so true yeah you'll get there though and it'll just be the vibes there's going to be lots of energy yeah and just i actually can't wait i'm i'm so excited are are there are there any songs that you're scared that you won't be able to perform well to not that you're Um, part of you know the stage production i was gonna say i'm not actually part (laughs) of the stage crew um but one thing no do you know what i actually don't when i'm at concerts i just really enjoy the atmosphere and because i haven't been to one since 2019 Mm -hmm. i think i'm just very excited to just be at a concert yeah yeah um but no i think i'm I'm just really looking forward to hearing Blessed, actually. Like, just on the big speakers everywhere. Mm -hmm, And everyone's mm -hmm. just going to have their hands in the air. Hopefully, Mr. Marley will be on stage. Really hoping. Oh, do you think? I don't know if he will. I don't don't know if he will. That's quite, like, a reach. Don't you think he'd be there? (laughs) They've got a while to sort out his visa. He lives in Miami, I think. Like, I'm sure it would be quite easy. Why wouldn't he come? (laughs) Why wouldn't he come? I think because, like, he's just on one song... Um and and 
I don't know that, like, he... Not that he wouldn't appeal to the masses, but he wouldn't appeal to the masses. It's giving me Buju at Afro Nation. Right, exactly. And I Is that what you think? That's what I think. Be... Yeah, yeah. <sighs> so, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to make sure that I know... No, 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 not right. at all. I'm, no. I'm going to learn Damien Marley's part off by heart. I think I, I'm already there, nearly. Uh-huh. I'm going to learn it by heart and then I'm going to scream at the top of my lungs. That'll be my performance, just... So that okay. I'm representing. Can I tell you what's further interesting about that? That that you think that they'll even play his verse? <laughs> because you don't no, think but, they're play his no, but you know sometimes in concerts when they do have like, a, well, Drake does this a lot. When he has lots of features, he just might not play their verse. Like he might just do his part, or it's just kind of like on for a little bit and the stage the the audience sing along but yeah but i like when artists have features and then if the artist the featured artist isn't there they just dance around the stage and give energy yeah that's he, what i'm yeah. hoping because then it gives whiskey a break he can get a towel a bit of water it's <laughs> true i just it's think true. that that's and better I, I think it would if it, anyone knows whiskey's people please can please, you just ask him put in a good word for us <laughs> i do think he i do think quite a lot of the good features on there are good interlude songs. Like, I think Blessed is probably quite a good interlude song if he's going from, like... N- no, it's a fantastic... Theater's race is, like, padding. It's a fantastic <laughs> song, as you know. But I think in terms of, like... Yeah, I just think... Yeah, I, I see what you, you mean. What I mean. It's not going to be, like... If we're going to break it... I, do you know what? I love when artists break their shows into sections mm, and, like, you mm-hmm. get the same energy in the same section. So if we're going to break it into section, like, quarters, yeah, it's not going to be the highlight of the quarter. It's exactly. going to be either at the beginning or at the end as we transition. Yeah, yeah I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, get yeah. it, fine. Um, um, do you yeah. think Thames is going to be there? I really... That's who I'm manifesting to be there. Cause I is she just on really one song, Thames. though? Um, yes, but because it's the, you know, the song... Okay. Um, I think got a problem? No, okay, just no, checking. not at all. No, I don't think they're right because it's the song. I feel like she will be there, and because Thames yeah. is just banging, like she's just lit. So hopefully she'll sing Damages. Like she might come yeah. out and then they might blend it into Damages, and then she yeah. can give us a little and crazy things. Oh, I'm just she's just great. I really like Thames. Oh, um, that's very so, yeah. cutie. I hope that Wizkids people are listening. Like you said, yeah. Just put in a good word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're really looking forward to it, we are. Yeah. Happy Black History Month. Welcome to Black History Month. Obviously, we kicked it off with um, Nigerian Independence Day the other day. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I've noticed is that there was an interesting approach to Nigerian Independence Day this year. Mm -hmm. Usually... You know, there's loads of Nigerian flags on the timeline. There's mm-hmm. the flag, the face um, on Twitter <laughs> that you yeah, see. Yeah. Um, there's kind of like threads of like Nigerian moments on mm-hmm. social media. But I feel like this year there was more reflection taken on like what happened at the Lekki Tollgate last year mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like all of the like the corruption that's happening in Nigeria. I saw a lot of threads on that instead mm-hmm. of actually about the music, the culture, the things that we usually celebrate on an, on an Independence Day. Yeah. So I think it's interesting. And I even spoke to my girlfriend about what the energy is this Independence Day and she even said like it doesn't feel like it's time to celebrate because of everything that's going on and that's happened um and I wonder if that will like continue to the rest of Black History Month that it will be a time where it's more about reflection and like learning instead of actual celebration I don't Mm -hmm. know we'll see what happens but yeah yeah what do you think Black History Month should be because I feel like recently there's been 
a switch to Black History Month just being about the history and about like taking a moment to remember. And over the recent years, it's been more promoted as like something to celebrate Black culture yeah, and like yeah, Blackness definitely. as a whole. But what do you think the purpose of Black History Month is? I think maybe a combination of both. And I think that as, especially Black British people, as we start to have more of a like identity in this country, I think that in 20 years, it will go back to being a lot about black history, but they'll be talking about the early 2000s and kind of this time because we will be the history. Like, Mm -hmm. I think in the last decade or so, we've had so many firsts in terms of black British people. And then so in 20, 25, 30 years, that will be the history. They'll be talking about black YouTubers, black creatives. They'll be talking about when they did the Channel 4 Black to Front. And that was back... And I hope that that will be like, oh my gosh, they had to do an initiative. That was a thing mm. because black people will just be on a teller all the time yeah. in 30 years. So that will be part of our history and that will be something that we'll look at, for example. Obviously, I hope it takes off, but we'll see. That will be something that maybe in the history they'll look at and say, actually, Channel 4 was one of the first to do this. And mm. following that, the next year or the next few years, lots of shows did X, Y, Z. They'll be looking at like the media and the Christmas is a Tesco advert. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. The Tesco advert, it was like the first black family. Like, all oh, Sainsbury's. Yeah. The Sainsbury's the black family. And then Tesco, the black couple got cut out. So they they tried, but then they saw the backlash from Sainsbury's and just... Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't want to give the wrong supermarket, do you know what I mean? The credit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think all of this stuff, I think right now, kind of when we look, I guess, in the last two to three years, progress might seem slow, but in 30 years' time, it will be like this decade this period of years between 2015 and 2025 all of these things happen so I think that right now I think it is really good that it's about celebration of the culture and understanding different cultures and us as black British people strengthening our identity but I think that Mm. I think we've we've done the history stuff we know it and I think there's almost also not enough um positive black history that we've spoken about previously which is why i think we've had to move more to a celebration point but Mm -hmm. then once we have more positive black history we can then talk about that in 20 30 years time Um, yeah that's a really good point actually because i I do think that the the move away from learning about the history to celebrating the culture is Mm -hmm. more a reflection of the fact that the history that we were learning wasn't positive so it's like how can we make this a positive experience but actually I wonder what the approach would have been and the difference that would have been made if instead of going to just celebrate all of black, like black cultures, we actually just changed the lens of the history that we were looking at mm-hmm. and actually like took the time to think about um, black history within British history. So even thinking about yeah. like, I don't know, um, wars that have happened in, in Britain and like thinking about actually how it affected black countries and stuff like that yeah, which yeah, obviously yeah. is negative but thinking about it in like a British context might have been interesting instead of being like yeah. oh yeah so like British people went to Africa took people brought them to the Caribbean into America um, and then like bad stuff happened over there but over here we were fine like I just yeah, feel like yeah, that yeah, separation yeah. I'm glad that we've moved away from that as the kind of theme of Black History Month to be honest yeah same um, same but I, I really hope that we can continue to, like, celebrate black cultures and stuff. And mm-hmm. I think it is important to have the conversation. Um, but I think it is hard when there's still people that seem like they don't understand why we have a Black History Month. Yeah, um, yeah. And, like, what the purpose of it is. 
But yeah. I feel like there's always going to be people like that. But I think it's... Yeah, there will always be people like that. But I think until we are at a space where history is like black like you said black history is included in just history we will this will always be necessary and then maybe once that does happen we will move more towards and i guess we'll get into this but we'll move more towards it being kind of how people celebrate pride month now and stuff as Mm. just like a black celebration month as opposed to like a history month but i think until we get to that point where we are acknowledging the history of black people throughout the whole year, as we do mm. with all other British history, because black people are a part of British history, then mm. we still need Black History Month kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully as we kind of go into initiatives like Black to Front and then Black History Month, people will start to see like, oh, actually, there's a whole side of Britain and mm-hmm. like British culture that I don't know anything about like that's why Black History Month is important um, yeah. and I think just on your point about kind of the difference between Pride Month being a celebration and Black History Month not necessarily being that way until recently mm-hmm. I was watching a video um, that was a conversation between Clara Ampho and Nick Grimshaw which mm-hmm. I obviously sent you mm-hmm. and it was like sponsored by Google and it was like questions that kind of surround both the black communities and queer communities mm-hmm. um, and they were kind of having conversations about allyship and all that sort of stuff and one of the questions was like why do we need a pride month and Clara's yeah. approach was like we need to look back we need to reflect we need to remember um, and then I think her last point was like protest and then Nick yeah. said yep like it's important that we look back but also it's like a celebration there's a lot of repressed feelings that we have as queer children that mm-hmm. pride allows us to come out and celebrate mm-hmm. um, and I think it was really interesting the way that the black woman saw it as more of a like um, a statement month yeah, a month yeah, to yeah. kind of remember history because that's the way Black History Month was presented yeah, right yeah, yeah. and then the white gay man kind of saw it as like I'm allowed to be exactly who I am yeah um, yeah so I don't know. I feel like there's benefits of of doing it both ways. Yeah, and yeah. hopefully maybe we can get a balance as well. But um, yeah, that was interesting. I think as well. It also I think the celebration of it also comes from like brands and companies jumping on like the Black History bandwagon, and so they're trying mm. to use black people essentially and the month as an opportunity to celebrate us because like how are you going to talk about black history in pretty little thing do you know what i mean Mm. but if we can get a black influencer to be part of it it's now about celebrating black people so i feel like they have kind of contributed to the shift in it being about celebration and even i suppose like um i know bumble last year did like the what is black love um Mm. and yes spotify i think doing podcasts I think that was last year i can't remember from yeah i don't i haven't seen anything from them this year and yeah. that brings me to then think like what date the companies start doing black history stuff because actually black history month started on the first of october so like why haven't i seen anything yet we're already like, three days in like what right. yeah so yeah. what yeah. what's next yeah um because i think last year i made a point to look for things especially mm-hmm. because of the summer that we had last year mm-hmm. and i think some brands weren't coming out with black history month stuff until like the 12th to the 15th nah, of october ridiculous. Ridiculous. and it's like we're halfway through now Bro. so what so yeah i don't know it's lazy if we're gonna yeah, be honest it is, because when it, it is. comes to pride month and they know how much money they're gonna make from selling rainbow exactly. stuff they start it from the, the 31st of the month before it, right exactly because exactly. they know they can make money from it exactly whereas with black history month stuff it's more about giving the space to black creatives and celebrating black cultures and stuff that they're not necessarily make gonna make the same money from because it's not as commercialized so yes yes it's all a money-making yes. scheme unfortunately 
it is it is but i do i do like when they can it, if the black creators are kind of able to control the narrative and whatever they're being asked to come on board for then i think yeah. it's amazing but where they're just kind of being used as a black face to make the brand look good i'm not so with that at all yeah agreed completely agree and we'll see this year like how it all turns out with you know the faces that we see on the campaigns mm-hmm. and stuff and um how they make it relevant to, to black history and celebrating black cultures but I'm not holding my breath because it seems like everyone did what they needed to do last summer mm-hmm. and they listened and learned and they don't feel like they need to do anything else right. this year. Right, because so they've all listened and learned, haven't they? They've all listened yeah. and learned, apparently. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um, should we go on to a bit of an icebreaker? Let's do an icebreaker. So, to celebrate Black History Month, um, Liv and I are going to do a bit of like a Caribbean... Never have I ever share your experiences sort of game. So there is a new game that's been launched. I think it's in America, but it's like it's been founded by a West Indian American and mm. it's called Teka Tups, which <laughs> I'm not sure what Tups means, but I, I assume it might be a sip. I don't know. Teka Tups. Mm-hmm. I'll look into that. It might it might be an Eastern Caribbean thing that I don't know about. Um, mm-hmm. That obviously as a British Jamaican, um, <laughs> we're not really exposed to when we're growing up. Really. So, yeah. So there's a series of cards, basically. And then um, they say, like, if this has happened to you, either take a drink or tell the story or never have I ever. It's quite a good, like, um, kind of engaging game that you can play uh, when you're doing drinks or whatever. But we're just going to do it as an icebreaker. Mm-hmm. So the first one is... Have oh, sorry, you... by the way, tips means a tiny amount. Thank you so much. A small much. amount, a little bit, a tiny amount, yeah. Interesting. So tips then, take a tips, like take a little bit. Yeah, maybe it's like, yeah. A drink? Yeah, yeah. Take a so shot? Yeah, you were right, like a sip, like a little bit. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so first one is, have you ever looked into your cookie tin and seen a sewing kit? <laughs> absolutely yes yeah absolutely that's quite a sad one do you know the first time i i noticed that that was a thing i felt so happy that other people have been through that experience because that it's they like, suffered as well literally because i remember going into my spare room and seeing a cookie tin and being like oh mom's been hiding cookies up here so i go in there greedy old me like seven-year-old me going into the the tin Stop. open it, i see needles scraps of fabric bond aware Oi. and i'm like are you joking like where where are the cookies the level <laughs> because of deception, they're the good cookies as well bro the level of deception is so real and that's why they keep that because it's the good up cookies have the good up tin and so yep. it's the perfect tin for yep. yeah 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 exactly and I then can't. yeah the, the needles won't pierce the tin it, yeah it's just yeah. a good quality tin i don't blame them i really so don't funny. Um, on the same vein, mm-hmm. have you ever looked into a butter tub in your fridge and seen <laughs> rice and peas inside? I absolutely have. That is also correct. <laughs> Do you know, in my family, it's more ice cream tubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't yeah, really yeah. use butter tubs. I think it's because ice cream tubs are bigger. Yeah. Um, or actually, no, you have the big butter tubs, that, like the margarine. Yeah, but... yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like a lot of this stuff, though, is either from, like, my nana's when my nan was alive or when we've gone somewhere and they've given it to us in that uh, resource, we'll say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. And I feel like that's one that I'm going to continue because even now, <laughs> there was a time me and my babes went home to my parents' house and, uh-huh. like, we got, like, a little doggy takeaway bag uh-huh. and it was in an ice cream tub and we still had the <laughs> ice cream it. tub in the, in the cupboard, so... It's for the culture, man. Long may it continue, man. Right. But I did... I do know that 
like um butter tubs are a thing i remember the first time i brought like jollof rice home from my first boyfriend's house it mm-hmm. was in a butter tub right and my dad was like what's in the butter tub i was like don't you worry sir don't you worry <laughs> nothing what's in for that you tub. yeah literally <laughs> um were you ever yelled at to do something you were already doing right um do you know what no because i'm quite lazy so i probably wasn't <laughs> Do you know what? Yeah, I can't even lie on this podcast, boy. You lot know me. Yeah, no. Yeah, Sonny Babe will be like, yeah? Is Excuse that what? me? <laughs> You're lying for the people? Yeah? <laughs> yep, no, I wasn't, you know, I haven't. Oh, I definitely have. But it's when, do you know what I think it is? It's, you know, when you get yourself riled up that something hasn't been done and then you go in and you say it and you're like, oh. oh. So it usually would happen if, like, I needed to clean my room. My mum would come in and be like, did you need to clean your room? room. And then realise that I was doing it or had done it. And yeah, I was like, yeah. right, what else do I need to clean? Because it's now clean. But do you know what? That kind of energy comes with no apology ever. Yeah, Ever, no. ever. And that is what is shocking and hurts. Wrong and strong. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Wrong and strong. Um, this is a dare or drink, but okay. I'm just going to ask you if you would do this. Okay. So would you call Sonny, babe, and tell her that you're going to elope? <laughs> um, what, like, if I was actually going to do it? Or just as a dare? No, this is a dare. So if it was uh, a dare? Oh, yeah, 100%. Would you? Yeah. Would I you would... make up, like, a whole yeah, yeah, like, 104 really... boyfriend? Yeah, uh, no, 100%. I'd make it really believable as well. What would you say? Okay, let's um, do let's do a um a role play. <laughs> bring bring. Wait, no, you ring bring. Oh, sorry. Bring bring. Hi, Livy. Hi, mummy. You okay? Yeah, I'm fine. How are you, love? I'm good. Okay, so I've got some news. Um, okay. I know I know it's gonna sound ridiculous, and you're gonna think I'm joking, and I'm literally not joking. So please just sit down. Okay, I'm sat down, Olivia. What's wrong? Um, so I don't know if it's wrong. So basically, mum. Um, I'm gonna elope with Beep. Um, (laughs) and, um, yeah, I just... Where did you meet him? When? Why? Um, so, you know, at Beep's wedding, and I caught the bouquet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I, um, yeah. I think I know who your Beep is. (laughs) Just saying. Um, well, no, I didn't say I met Beep. At the wedding, I said that. But anyway, enough and beeping, that, right? That, 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 that. I'm back to DJ now, and I'm calling you out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna open. That's that, actually quite brave. Yeah, I, I couldn't do her. that. She'd bust me up, but I'd already be on my way. So <laughs> the jokes on. Wow, her. on your way to the altar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely couldn't do that. I feel like my mum would be like, DJ, what are you doing? Like, she'd be so upset because she'd be like, when did you plan it? Like, why? Yeah, yeah. So many questions. Um, okay, next one. Have you, do you have one of those uncles who's always drunk at the family function? I am screaming. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Yeah, yeah, I do as well. Yeah. Drunk and high, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, but he's such good vibes. Love him, honestly. Love him. Such good they vibes. They are good vibes. Yeah, they are. They are. They are. Um, have you ever been given attitude by the Caribbean lady in the Caribbean shop? Um, is there like a super bonus buzzer for this one? Like, can I say, yep, 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 like every like time? Like, how many like, times? How long have you got? Or um, literally how many times? To the point where if I've ever like crossed a polite um, lady at the Caribbean shop, I'm a little bit unsettled and I almost yeah, think. Am I 
am I getting food from the right place? Is this actually authentic? Yeah. Because if you're if you're this kind and your customer not even this kind, if you're this average, Polite. like do you yeah. know what I mean, <laughs> and your and your customer service is in line with the rest of Britain, are mm-hmm. you actually is the food gonna bang? That's what I think. That's the truth. Yeah. That's the truth. That, um, no word. That reminds me of a time when I was going to Beep's wedding. We were about mm-hmm. to leave, and I ordered some Caribbean food because I thought I deserve. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I ordered like a lobster patty mm-hmm. on the Ooh. like it was on Uber Eats, and I was so excited because I've only seen them at the airport in Jamaica, but I've never actually had one because they were yeah, sold yeah. out. And um, obviously ordered all my stuff. Got a call like fifteen minutes later. Right. From, like. <laughs> The woman was like, hello, dear. I was like, hi. She was like, I'm calling from so-and-so. We don't have any more lobster patties, I'm afraid. But what else would you like? like Not I'm afraid. It. Yeah, yeah. Right. As in, like, she had the Jamaican grandma accent. Like, right. she was so lovely. And then when I got the food, she gave me two patties for my inconvenience. Oh, so I bought one it. for our mate. So I had one, she had one. It was great. No, um, stop. It was lovely. And then I was when I got off the phone, I was like, this food isn't going to bang. Yeah, you was nervous. The customer service was too good. Yeah. And yeah. then when I had the food, it was very bloody tasty. Oh, amazing. It was so tasty. So I'm going to make sure I order from them again because their food was great and the customer service was top notch. Yeah, that's given unicorn then. You've definitely got yeah. to keep, yeah, keep that one. Keep Quite that scary, one. actually. Um, <laughs> but I'm glad that it worked out. Damn. Um, okay, next one. Do your parents compare you to someone else's child? Do you know what? actually never like actually never and it's so funny because when I was (laughs) when I was younger I used to try and compare my mum like I used to be like but so-and-so's mum or like but so-and-so and and she's like well so-and-so's not my child she always used to say that and I'd be like damn okay so yeah thankfully I never had the like oh but look at da-da-da-da-da Mm, yeah that's fair I've never had that either actually thankfully because I'd be like right so do you want me to go live with their parents like, do you know what I mean I'm just not sure what this is meant to what incentive <laughs> this is meant to give me to be a better child like if you compare it's me to a another poor person incentive like literally so poor yeah um I was having a conversation with my girlfriend one time and she was saying that um when she used to compare like you like compare mm-hmm. her friend's parents to her parents they'd be like what's your friend's surname and she would say it and they'd be like, right, so that's not our surname. So that's why we do things differently. And she's like, right, okay. No, I hear that's that. That's quite a good way to it's manage that conversation, in. isn't it? Because you know you'll be like, uh, saying your surname. Like, uh, I don't know why they're asking, but I know their surname. So funny. Um, all right, this one is a bit deep and this never happened to me, but I think it will lead on to a funnier conversation about something else. Okay, um, So did your parents ever call you thing, you, it, you child? Oh my gosh, no, no. Mine didn't. But do you know what mine did do? Uh-huh. Um, when they ask you to get something, but they don't say what the thing is. So the thing that, um, yeah. um, I'm um, the thing there. Um, <laughs> um, you know the, um. <laughs> the thing the that, there, um. Um. And it's the clear. And you're looking like, um. <laughs> um, yep, um, I can't help you. Um. <laughs> Yeah, go on, um, li- like, literally, no, do you know what? <laughs> oh. It must have been literally, like, two days ago, and my yeah. mum was asking me, she was getting dressed, and she was asking me for her foundation, but she didn't use the word foundation. And oh, she was like, no. Libby, can you get my, um, you know, the... And I was just standing in one place. That's what you I, have to do. I was just looking at her intensely in her eye, and she was like, <laughs> you know what I mean, that... 
and I was just because before I used to get agitated and I used to be like what but I thought I'm just gonna look at you just wait and because you're gonna go- find the word at some point right right and you know when the head teacher says oh wait that's what yeah. I that's what I do in my head I was like, oh wait go on yeah. and and I'm did not she gonna find the word she didn't but in the end she just directed me to the spot until there was right. literally nothing else in that place and I was like your foundation and she's like oh thank you yeah and I was like Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's me. it. It's the ting the arm, arm, yeah, the ting there, um, and it's like um, right. So which ting there? Because we have plenty. Yeah, and you you're a hoarder. When, so when they get right, and you know when they get frustrated that you don't know what they're talking they're about, talking but it's about. like you've literally not given one descriptive word. Like you've not even given a descriptive word. Not even you're a just, color. You're just pointing in an area. Yeah, and clicking. Where, right, like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, one thing my dad also used to do that was quite funny is that he used to, and I think it's a country Jamaican thing, he mm-hmm. used to mix our pronouns. So he used to call me him when he yeah, was speaking about me. Yeah, they do do that, innit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they it's like, sir? Um, <laughs> and I used to get so frustrated because I used to be like, dad, I'm a her, like I'm, I'm a girl. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now I get it that it's like, it's just very much fluid, isn't it? So that's yeah. why when people say they don't know people's pronouns, right. I'm like, you lot know pronouns, right. and you know how to be flexible with them. Exactly. Exactly. I'm sorry, just on that, do you know, I read something funny and it was like, I don't know if I said this on the podcast before, it was like, um, men always know, men always remember not to use people's pronouns when they're talking about their cousin yep. <laughs> in quotation marks and I was like their friend so true yeah their friend Every, mm-hmm. everything they but other than that you you're getting confused you don't know how to use people's pronouns that they've yep. asked you to use right yeah right how right. convenient right <laughs> um okay last one were you ever told that you can't go out somewhere because your mum aunt or granny had a bad dream <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Thankfully, no. It's probably me that's more likely to be like, Mummy, I had a dream. True. Then, yeah, then my mum, to be honest. What about you? Um, I think I think my grandma and my mum would tell me that they have a bad feeling about something, but they wouldn't yeah, yeah, tell yeah. me not to go. So they right. would just tell me to just be hypervigilant. Right, But right, they wouldn't right. tell me not to go. Um, yeah. Do you remember that girl on... Like, before Afro Nation, she went viral on Twitter because she said that her pastor or someone mm-hmm. said that there was going to be a disaster at Afro Nation so oh that people shouldn't go. And Stop. people were like, how dare you put your mouth on it? Isn't like, it? don't even do that. And then everyone had a great time. And then everyone at her was like, so you were saying, like, what, like, what was that it? you were saying so, again? So, so what was it that you and pastor said, allegedly? Allegedly. Um, although, can I ask, if someone did because it hasn't happened to us i guess for some of our friends or family members that like they're used to their parents saying i had a dream and nothing happens they must Uh be like oh rose eyes but if you're if someone in your family did come to you and say i had it like you'd book to go somewhere and they Mm. said i had it might not be holiday but just an event or anything and they said Mm. i had a dream would you not go (sighs) do you know i don't i don't mess with the ancestors and like spirit guides so do you know what? I think it depends on where. Because if I've paid for a holiday, mm-hmm. I'm going on the holiday. <laughs> um, I'm just going to make sure that I do some extra meditation and manifestation yeah. before we fly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm I'm going on the holiday. Um, but then if it's something here, I think I would actually say, like, I'll 
I'll give it a miss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it yeah. depends on what the dream said as well. Like, if it yeah. was something that was really, like, catastrophic, like, yeah. I actually would think very hard about not going and probably wouldn't go. What yeah. about you? Yeah, yeah, I definitely wouldn't go. You <laughs> you know I don't play about them dreams. Yeah. I'd just be dreaming someone died, then eight of my friends are pregnant. Like, literally, literally. I cannot. So, I think if it was so specific, like, that, uh, like the exact event I was going to or, like, mm. the Saturday that I was going to something. Um, my mum was like, in the dream it was a Saturday and X, Y, Z happened, I would not be going. If it was a holiday, I would strongly not want to go, but I don't know if I could justify to myself that I'm not yeah. going. A, like, money that I paid for and a holiday that I planned for, I'm not going because of a dream, because I'd be, like, living, yeah. like, ridiculous. Even though, in me, I'd probably be... You wouldn't feel comfortable. I'd probably be on edge for the whole time, to be honest, because I'd be anticipating whatever the thing happening. So I'd go because of the money, but I don't know if I'd be fully relaxed until I got back. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. And it's it's funny, isn't it? Because we are taught to, like, trust our gut, especially, like, as women, um, especially as, like, women of colour as well. Like, Mm -hmm. we are intuition. We have, like, a lot... We hold a lot of pride in our intuition. Yeah, Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's an interesting one, actually. And Mm -hmm. I think takes us on in a really, like sad way i guess Mm -hmm. to like all of the um tragic like instances of male violence towards women that have happened Mm -hmm. in the last i don't know however many months that Mm -hmm. have kind of resurfaced and it's been something that we wanted to speak about on the podcast but you know that like me and olivia always feel things quite deeply Mm -hmm. so when we want to speak about things we want to make sure that we're in an emotional space where we feel like we can speak about it and that we feel like we can give some sort of not resolution, but some sort of, like, reflection on what's happening. Yeah. So sometimes yeah. it's about, like, taking a step back, isn't it? And then, like, yeah. looking, ab- looking at it after the fact and th- yeah. reflecting yeah. that way. Um, but, yeah, we're going to take some time to just, like, reflect on, like, the state of male violence against women at this time um, and some ways that we think that men can be better allies to women mm-hmm. because I think that's where it, the change is going to start. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, but, like, how have you been finding things recently? Like, what has your, I guess, takeaway been from everything? Yeah, um, sorry, before we go, in, I just want to give a trigger warning that, yeah, we're going to talk yeah. about male violence. We might reference murder and stuff like that. So, yeah, just to be aware, if you don't feel like you can take this in at this time, then um, just listen to another episode. Um, and thank you. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think I've found it really, really heavy, especially, I think... It might have been Thursday. I think it was Thursday. Um, that it was Wayne um, Cousins, who mm. um, is the police officer that murdered Sarah Everard, got his sentence in. Um, and it's also the same day that um, I think his name is Kosi Selamaj. He um, is the man that um, murdered Sabina Nessa. And it was the day of his trial. And so we found out um, the details, well, some of the details of what happened on the mm-hmm. day of her murder. And I think it was just so heavy and so anxiety inducing and so scary. Just like, like what is going on? And mm-hmm. I think that in a lot of things, I do think that the media sensationalise things. Um, and especially when there's a pattern. So if there's, for example, like, um, knife crime, suddenly they'll report all the knife crime cases in a week mm-hmm. and now it seems like it's on the rise again when it could yeah. have been even higher two weeks ago. They, it just wasn't in their agenda to report about it. Um, mm. But I think this is something that, like, 
just hearing everything has been so horrific. Even the media couldn't have even made it sound even worse. Like the reality of it is actually bad enough that I don't even think the media could have even done anything to sensationalise it or to increase the impact because it was so frightening anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think, yeah, I have I have found it quite hard. It has it has really made me um, have quite deep reflections on the attitudes of the government and um, the Metropolitan Police, which I guess we'll go on to a little bit later. Um, But Mm. I think essentially just in terms of, um, you know, the lives that are lost, I think it is very hard to not feel like there's nothing that can be done about it. Um, And it really does anger me. And um, I was kind of talking about on my Instagram story the other day. And it is something that's always angered me. I just don't talk about it because I don't think it's very helpful. But Mm. when there are... um, Not resources, but like... I can't think of the word. But things that are put in place to... um, For women to protect Mm. themselves from male violence. I actually hate it. I hate it with every bone in my body. I think it's completely putting the onus on us as women who are the potential victims of the violence to stop ourselves from being attacked. And Mm -hmm. I think that nowhere else in society really do we do this. Like, you wouldn't say to an old person, and although, like, you know, if something happened to an old person in your family, you might be like, oh, gosh, why did you have cash in your bag? Or what? You would say that, Mm -hmm. which is victim blaming, and that's not good. But you wouldn't necessarily say to an old person, well, like you shouldn't have really left the house with your walking stick because then they're going to know you can't run away very fast if if a young yeah. person tries to get you. Oh, you shouldn't have really put your rain hat on because then it, you know, made it difficult for you to hear that there was... We don't do that. We don't police mm. the people. The elderly people are probably the most vulnerable people in our community, but yeah. we don't police their movements to prevent things happening against them in the same way we police the movements of women to present, prevent male violence. Women are not the reason. We, we're not the reason why male violence takes place. Men, literally male, male, <laughs> are mm. literally the reason why male violence takes place against women. And so I think when we have all these initiatives and all these little strategies to, you know, supposedly help women or, or prevent these things from happening, it sends out the wrong message because yeah. then then when people, um, you know, when there are um, cases where women are murdered, then you kind of start going for the checklist. Like, oh, but were they wearing bright clothes? Did she do this? Oh, but yeah. did they do... And that is that is the wrong thing we could be doing anything like literally and i think when people when i see stuff like this i know people think it's extreme but it's not but honestly a woman could should be able to walk down the street naked with her legs open and her arms in the air and she still wouldn't be asking for it she still isn't inviting anything to happen like i don't think people people think oh that's so extreme yeah but something could happen yeah it could but it doesn't mean it should happen there Mm -hmm. is nothing that we should or shouldn't do that is there's nothing that we do that should be inviting male violence we are never inviting that men are doing that to us we're not inviting that and that's a choice that they make it's not something that women enable like i think that that's the thing it should be we should really recognize that it's a conscious choice yeah and i think just to go back to the 
the things that women have to do or encourage to do in mm-hmm. order to prevent male violence. I saw a post um, that was off the back of, I don't know if you saw the video of um, like these freshers at, at University of Bristol uh-huh. and there was a guy putting like a, a, a like a drug into a girl's drink. Mm-hmm. So they slow-moed the video and you could see him, like he had his arm around the two girls' shoulders wow. and then his other arm went over and put, like you could see it going yeah, into yeah, the drink. Yeah. Um and apparently at that bar, so I'm not sure if it's the bar that's like put it in for all drinks or mm-hmm. if it's the group of girls that took the picture that did that. But they've now started to put cling like started to put cling film on top of the glasses so that like you can't penetrate it with a wow. drug and then you've got a straw inside it. Wow. And I was looking at the comments because, you know, we like to look at the comments. <laughs> yeah. And there was such a mixed reaction from people. Like someone was like, this is such a great initiative. I'm so glad that the bar was able to like put this in because it's so important that we protect women. And it was a man saying that, like, and mm-hmm. I think he was probably proud of himself for yeah, recognising that <laughs> women yeah. need to be protected. But then there was another man that was like, actually, no, like we shouldn't have to do this. Like, it, like, women being drugged on nights out should not be such a big problem right. that a bar has had to buy more cling film like, so that they can put it over the cups so uh, that they like drugs can't get into the cup. Yeah, so yeah. I think the the important thing about allyship in those sorts of situations is that it I, it was great for me to see that some men were calling other men out and actually yeah. explaining like why this isn't a, a, like a step in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But it is it is really frustrating to think that some men, because they're not, they themselves haven't seen a, a reason as to why they facilitate male violence or why they allow it. They mm. feel like they're not part of the problem, so they don't yeah. want to be part of the solution. Yeah, and it's yeah, like they yeah. almost like remove themselves so far from the problem yeah. that they absolve all responsibility. When actually, if we think about communities, the gender community is actually quite large. Mm-hmm. And usually if someone is of the same gender um, identity or community as you, they will respect your opinion. And yeah, that's natural yeah. because you have similarities, right? Yeah. So if you see a man moving mad, he's going to probably be more likely to listen to you as a man than he exactly. is to someone else of a different gender. So use that privilege that you have. But I think the, is- the, the issue is, is that they see male violence in such extreme ways so like for example if you look at the sarah everard case they're seeing they're only seeing the side of like um wayne cousins when he um kidnapped her um and and raped her and murdered her they're only seeing that as male violence but they're not seeing Mm -hmm. that this is the same man that within his uh policing within his employees they're calling him a rapist they're not yeah. you know because of how the his whatsapp conduct, group chats yeah and, they're not yeah. seeing that you know he there, there'd been instances he um that he'd been flashing people like yeah. they're, they're not seeing and driving that, around kent naked or something bro they're not seeing yeah. that all these instances of behavior are also male violence it's not mm. just the extreme end and so because they're not recognizing that they're not they they then see that the extreme end is like no, that kind of man is a monster. And I have yeah. nothing to do with monsters like that, not realising mm. that your friend that is grabbing girls' bums in the queues of a club is maybe only four more incidents away from murdering a woman. Right. They're not making that and connection. That's, and that sounds... When you think about the the journey that mm-hmm. like a violent man would take to, to injure a woman, I don't think men really understand how quickly you can get from point one yep. to point four. Yep. And point yep. four yep. is yep. murder, yep. rape yep. and yep. or murder. Yep. 
they don't realise that those things are interconnected. They just yeah. think that, oh, yeah, he's just having a good time. You yeah. know, like, oh, her bum was nice, so he just yeah. touched it. Oh, well, you know, he can understand. never keep his hands to himself. Like, you know what he's like. Right. That's the and they just thing. facilitate that violence. They facilitate yeah. those actions, which then make men who um, perpetrate violence against women feel like they are allowed to do that. They yes. feel like th- there's nothing wrong with what they're doing because no one's ever pulled them up on it. Yeah. So if yeah. you're then only putting them up on stage three, yeah. when they're already convinced that women are just objects and they're just going to take whatever they want from women, you've done it too late. You've intervened yeah. too late because you're yeah. the one who has seen them at stage one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, bro. Yeah, and that's what I think is so, like, it's actually making me sick, actually, to see suddenly, suddenly now they're talking about Wayne Cousins' history and this is all the mm-hmm. stuff. But, okay, but where why were you? Why was that not why picked you, up before? Why are you talking about it now when there's a whole national case about a woman that was murdered in the middle of lockdown by a police officer and stop saying ex-police officer because today I read that he got I think £10,000 between March and July and he no. wasn't he wasn't sacked until July when he actually confessed to the murder so between March and July he was mm. still getting fun. I don't know if it was like his monthly wage but he was still getting funds Money. whilst yeah. he was suspended so let's not talk about all the stuff he did because because where were you lot where where mm. were you because then you're also you're also complicit. Um, yeah you're complicit in the violence um so mm. unless you're going down with him like why are we talking about it now do you know mm. what i mean um and Agreed. if we are and if we are going to talk about it then we need to do more than put it in a newspaper. There needs to be investigations because I'm sure there are probably, and I'm not probably not even exaggerating, hundreds of women. If this is a long-serving police officer, there's probably hundreds of women that are vic- victims to him, some that may not even be alive either anymore. So if yeah. we're going to talk about all these things and why you're calling him the rapist and all these instances of um, of him flashing and all these other perverted things then we need to be doing investigations so those women can, and families can get their justice as well it's not good enough that you're just talking mm, about can what we he also, did yeah no sorry go on mm. I, I agree with you I think can we also investigate the other people who were in those whatsapp groups and okay. have allowed that behaviour because again if we look at the steps like mm-hmm. these people might be at step one let's exactly. really investigate them while they're there before yeah. we then facilitate another exactly. murder of a woman exactly I, and can we also this is a thing that I think really frustrated me the most this week Mm -hmm. is the way that we're now talking about how women and people can protect themselves from the police so the top tips Mm. the met's top tips of how to like um evade the police if we feel like it's a wrongful arrest one tell them that you're not gonna stop and talk to them two flag down a bus three run away four call the police now if we really (laughs) look at those (laughs) steps you're running away from a police officer who is trained to catch people who run away from them. Like, like... You, you're being told to flag down a bus driver. Bus drivers who drive past bus stops whilst looking into your eyes. While there's people eyes. there, bro. Bro. I bro. just... I don't understand how any... Like, these steps, these safety steps could have been passed by anyone who has any common sense. Yeah, and I also just think, like, it's really, really interesting um, how suddenly... Out of nowhere, suddenly, we have strategies to protect ourselves um, from police that may be corrupt. Mm. Like, because obviously, Sarah Everard is the first instance, is the first person to ever come across a a corrupt police officer 
in in the history of British police. There's yep. never been any complaints against uh, by any other innocent person or their family members talking about police corruption. I'm just mm-hmm. really confused why suddenly now you the government and, and the talk about it. now 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 we can talk about it. And also mm-hmm. I just find it really interesting that like um now we're acknowledging that the police can be corrupt, but like what who who's allowed to walk away from the police? Because yeah. let a black person even let a black boy, let's let's just let's just give an example. Let a black boy with a hood even twitch wrong when the police mm-hmm. officer's talking to him and suddenly he's resisting arrest they've and they've yeah. got him on the floor with seven other officers. So who mm-hmm. are you talking about? Who's allowed to who does he, who do Literally these rules who? apply to? Who's allowed yeah. to walk away from the police? Who's allowed mm-hmm. to be flagging down the bus? Who? Before the yeah. rest, of you, now you've got a billy van and and they're around us. It's very yeah. interesting that suddenly you've got all these fantastic strategies, and I mm-hmm. want to see that everyone in our in our society in our community are allowed to use these these rules, and we'll be quoting the newspaper. Everyone should have it on their phone, mm-hmm. ready, and be like, "Well, I felt uncomfortable actually, which is why." I've followed these actions. I shouldn't now be arrested because I ran away from a police officer because really maybe mm. you only meant those rules could apply to white women. Because... Yeah, but that's exactly who they were created yeah. for. Yeah. The yeah. only reason why we're having this conversation yeah. is because it happened to a white woman and I yeah. don't want to take away how tragic yeah. Sarah yeah. Evra's murder was. May she like rest in eternal peace. But mm-hmm. the only reason why we're having these substantial conversations are because it happened to a white woman. If it yeah. happened to anybody else, yeah. maybe a white man, we'd have these conversations still. But if it happened to anyone of we would not be having these conversations and that's what frustrated me at the time of her murder Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. we were having conversations about violence and the amount of people that turned up to her vigil the fact that she was allowed to have a vigil um like you know but we didn't have that conversation about blessing who went missing on the beach when she was on her placement and now that wayne has been um like convicted and stuff like that we're having conversations about how corrupt the police are yeah and institutional change right 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 right. how many times have we tried to have these conversations as as people of color and then i saw this and have heard so many discussions between old white men about Mm -hmm. how they're going to tell their daughters that they're not safe in front of police yeah i saw this i saw this now there might be an expert group that you could speak to about having these <laughs> conversations. As black people, we have we have, have had to have these conversations yeah. for hundreds of yeah, years yeah, with yeah. our young people yeah. that being around the police, of, like we can't rely on the police mm-hmm. and the state to keep us safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because they are corrupt. Like, they, yeah. they look at us a certain way and they will, they will act against us in a way that reflects the negative way that they view us you are not the first people to have these conversations but now it seems like because it happened to a white woman and because it was done by a police officer these conversations are starting to being like starting to happen but again it's not protecting people like us yeah and i just what it really highlights to me and i find it quite scary is like oh my gosh, we're actually like, we're, we're neighbours or we're colleagues or, you know, we, we walk down the same street or we live in the same place, but we are living completely different lives. Yeah. Like We are literally on alternate universes because the fact that only now you're having conversations with your, with your children about how you might not be able to trust every police officer is insane when there's videos, for example, of black children in America that are crying when they see a police officer because they are so scared of what could happen. And that's just an example. It's not to say it doesn't happen in England, but that's just an example of something I've seen in a video. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's actually insane to me that they would have never considered this. And the other thing that I also find really difficult is suddenly now... Um, 
every everyone knows the legislation and then the things that you can say to a police officer to get away. Suddenly now mm. we're we're all in a place to this is what you can say and you have this right and everyone's in a position to educate ourselves. But but when it's so so you knew what we could do to yeah, protect yeah. ourselves from police officers, but that wasn't maybe knowledge that you wanted to share with the black community who you know are targeted by police officers. But now mm-hmm. that it's hitting a different community that is feels closer to home to you and maybe more um more it seems more unjust for you maybe when Mm. corruption police corruption happens towards black people it doesn't feel unjust because you already have an idea that oh they must have done something wrong there must be something bad they must be guilty um Mm -hmm. because our behavior is always demonized and i feel like even with just marginalized communities in general we're the way the police and the structure has 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 such an imprint on society they have demonized certain behaviors characteristics um or yeah just behaviors of marginalized groups and that's become mm-hmm. demonized so when we have interactions with the police it already seems like we're, we're wrong by default so for example mm-hmm. wearing hoods now is just seen as the most anti-social and aggressive thing it's literally a piece of clothing hoodies yeah. and jumpers are literally sold everywhere but mm-hmm. If it's on a black boy, it's now aggressive. He's probably a thug or do you know what I mean? Or, but you'll see the women who are wearing the £70 hoodies from Sweaty Betty but, wearing right. it into prep to get their Sunday morning coffee after their yoga. Are they a threat? Right. It's but the same know, piece of cloth. Right. But suddenly, you know, the government, um, you know, they and, and the media and the police, they've had that power to make that piece of clothing um, seem criminal, for example. Even if you think about now how the media have, um, have you know, um, had such a big imprint on Islamophobia in this country that if someone mm. is saying Allah Akbar, which literally what I understand means God is great, yeah. we've been made to think that there's some whole ulterior motive. If someone was maybe reciting, if there was a Muslim reciting the Quran on mm-hmm. public transport, the media has made us scared now in our head. Mm-hmm. That's what the media has done when it's literally someone just practising their religion. There is nothing yeah. wrong about it. They're just on their way to work. Their relig- literally just yeah. on their way to work. So all all these things, when it's people of colour, you've made these things, um, you've demonised them and you've made them seem criminal. So like when the police interact with us, it seems like, well, look at him, he's wearing a hood or well, look at him he was talking a bit loud on you know he's a muslim and he was talking a bit loud on a tube all this behavior is demonized but never the police's behavior but suddenly now that you know this awful awful tragic thing has happened to a white woman it's now suddenly we're looking at the police's behavior and maybe what could they do differently and we're talking about lone police officers being by themselves like i just find it very interesting mm. that now we're in a position that also is to look at them. bro like um we're gonna put non-uniformed officers in pairs just, just like, in case anything happens, the other person won't be able to stop. Don't great. do that corrupt thing. So now they can, but either both both do corrupt stuff, me. corrupt stuff together, bro. What like, they can both attack me, or the one that's uncomfortable will just turn around and turn the blind eye because they don't want to be complicit, but they don't want to snake on their friend. Like, don't they realize this is ingrained in the culture? I don't understand mm-hmm. what they don't understand from the top to the bottom. It's ingrained in the culture and and even if you think about how the like police as a structure is probably more occupied by men <laughs> than it is by women even that is just showing men in position of authority that when they take off their uniform they're still a regular man that yeah. is also complicit in male violence so put him in a position of authority the most authoritative position in the country as a police mm-hmm. officer 
you're it's just further increasing the chance of violence and this is why we're now hearing about uh, i read something it was a ridiculous a number out in the way 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 into the late hundreds of mm. um how many police officers have been um accused of um any kind of sexual assault um in the wow. past x amount of years and even though it was something like 800 say it was like 800 and something it said in the last 10 years only 53 of them have been um sacked yeah wow and it, a number way into the hundred it might not have been 800 way into the hundreds in the last 10 years and i just thought see look you're just ignoring it like yeah. you, you just don't even care you don't even care um, they literally don't care because it benefits them yeah. and i think it, it's even more of an insult when like i think it was cressida dick that like mm-hmm. made a statement about being wary of police officers she or, needs to or something shut up as well it's it's even more of a slap in the face when there's a woman who's telling us like right you can call the police on the police you can flag down a bus if you feel like you've been wrongfully stopped it's like do do you really think that we're seeing through these things because as women we've already had to be hyper vigilant when we're out at certain times of the day to protect ourselves against people so these are things that we are probably already aware of that (laughs) we actually have to do that we do in order to keep ourselves safe so the fact that you're telling us these things and only appealing to really one audience of yeah, women or yeah, one type of yeah, wo- yeah, like woman, yeah. it's, a, it's an insult. It is. And I think, again, all of these things, like, they're still missing the fucking point. Stop telling us what we should do and yeah. start... To, like, what? Like, the, like, it literally doesn't make sense. Like, why are we talking about what the victims or potential victims should be doing to not get raped? Like, we're, we're acting mm. like... This this violence is just inflicted on us by the oxygen that it just exists in the air. Like, do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It, it's not these these things aren't happening to women by themselves. It's yeah. men that are committing these crimes against women. So why are we talking about what the women should do if she's about to get attacked or when she gets attacked or to prevent herself from getting attacked? And why are we not talking about the attackers? It literally, yeah. it literally is so illogical. It makes no sense at all. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it does, I truly, truly believe that it does start from education. I think it, we, need to talk, we need to talk to young boys as young as three and four about consent in a child-friendly way. And as they get older, like the rest of the curriculum, it's not about exposing them to things they shouldn't know about. And I know we've spoken about this before, but there mm. are ways that you can introduce topics of consent to a three-year-old without saying to them, don't rape a woman. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? But people act like that's the only way that you can do it. And that would be way too inappropriate to introduce those kind of topics of conversation. And that's not the case. You can talk about mm-hmm. consent. And as we're, as the children get older, and I even think year six is when you need to start talking about it in a context of sex, because that is yeah. how young now children are being exposed to sex and sexual violence and sexual crimes. Um, mm. And so, you know, it needs to be introduced from that point of view. We need to stop um sexualizing little girls and little boys and stop talking mm. about oh how I was just you're... gonna say that like I think that's where people have a problem when you're saying that we need to introduce at age three or four. Mm-hmm. That's the age when they start saying, Oh little Timmy's got a girlfriend. Thank you. Go on Thank Timmy, you. Go, give your girlfriend a kiss. Does the yeah. does Amber want a kiss? Right, right. Have you asked Amber if she right. wants a kiss on the cheek? Right. That's literally such an easy way yeah, to introduce yeah, consent yeah, to... Yeah. And also stop saying that your child has a little boyfriend or girlfriend. Like, please stop. Really because weird, when yeah. you want to talk about any other relationship that's not heterosexual, oh, oh, that's inappropriate. But right. little Timmy can have a girlfriend with, like, Amber as his girlfriend. I right. just feel like 
you can't write this shit. Yeah, you you literally can't. I just, yeah, I think that is so much information to learn. I just don't understand why they're able to make such quick legislations for criminalising other behaviour when it, uh, normal behaviour that impacts marginalised communities. But when it's as simple as, I don't know, introducing to the curriculum a whole thing about consent that has to be mandatory. It's not something that the independent schools Mm -hmm. can ignore or shut their eyes off. It needs to be as mandatory as teaching maths and English. Consent and all this information is so, so important so that you're not having 13 and 14 year olds committing sexual crimes against each other. Or you're, because honestly, when we're talking about the steps to murdering, uh, you know, step five being when they've murdered someone, step mm-hmm. one is when they are upskirting in school or when mm-hmm. they're, you know, when they're in PE and they're squeezing the girl's bum or telling her, oh, you look nice in your PE shorts. That's mm-hmm. step one, bro. So by 16, he might have already reached step step five. So we need to educate people from early. It's not good enough. Like Wayne Cousins is 48 years old. Can you imagine the atrocities that he's been doing for probably the last 40 years of his life? Mm -hmm. Can you only imagine? Because no one has stopped him in his track. And now look what's happened. And now you have to do, oh, the the biggest sentence in the UK that he'll die in prison. Okay. But there's lots of other Wayne cousins walking around in the street that haven't been convicted. Mm -hmm. What's happening there? But because you're ignoring them because, oh, all he did was flash someone. All he did was pinch on a bum. All he did was send a cheeky text, an unsolicited Mm -hmm. dick pic. That's not a big enough deal for you. It's too much, man. It's way too much. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we need to start um, putting those actions into a different context. Because as mm-hmm. we said earlier, like the the speed at which you can go from stage one to stage five of like female like violence against women mm-hmm. is can be very, very quick or yeah. very, very slow. But it's yeah. where you intervene that can that can yeah. dictate how that progresses. Um, and I think if we really understand that fact, mm-hmm. we can then start to contextualise it and think about the different ways that that puts women in danger and I think I even just want to um say kind of like acknowledge the the death of Mia Meccano in Mm -hmm. Florida in America Mm -hmm. she was um a 19 year old woman who was like a big part of the social community in the in the US that her dad was a like a big DJ um, or is a big DJ and she was her body was found um very close to her home Mm -hmm. um I think it was very close to her home they're still doing investigations but rest in peace Mia and Mm -hmm. I just feel like when the, when the story does come out, there's mm-hmm. going to be some very uncomfortable parallels probably between the stories of Sabina, Sarah yeah, and then yeah. Mia and all yeah, of the other yeah. women who have had violence committed against them. That yeah. As we learn about the history of her murderer, yeah. what actions have been allowed yeah. and where that kind of culture starts to be facilitated. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would really like to have a bit of a chat about how we can, um, how else we can start to prevent these things from happening like how else men can be allies so we've spoken about education in schools yeah um which i think is completely important Mm -hmm. and i think for the men who are like gray back big men now like (laughs) what can we do how can men be better allies to women because i saw a post earlier that was nothing short of pathetic in my opinion (laughs) that was like um oh text your female friend ask her if she got home okay um, what was the other one? It was just like things that should be common sense. Like if you are yeah. out with another person, that should just be like the thing that you do for, yeah, out of courtesy. Yeah. Like, did you get home? Okay, whatever. Um, obviously, we shouldn't have to do that to make yeah. sure someone got home. Okay. But as you know, the world that we live in, that should be common courtesy that yeah, you check yeah, yeah. that someone got home. Okay. So what do you think are the steps 
for how men can be better allies for women? Um, Obviously, don't rape us and stuff. Yeah, literally that. That's ultimate. Um, I think... I think hype, they need to be hypervigilant of mm. other men in the same way that we're hypervigilant around all men. Um, yeah. I think that they absolutely need to be part of like call-out culture. I think it doesn't matter if you know the man. If you're seeing anything that even looks a hint of untoward, you need to yeah. intervene. You, mm-hmm. you need to intervene. Um, and if you're scared what the man's going to do to you, well, haha, welcome to our world. Exactly. Yeah. Look at that. How funny. Wow, you're scared of men too. Wow, so mm-hmm. it is the men's problem? Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Literally. Also, wow. don't say, I think it frustrates me also when people try and excuse men not intervening by by saying like oh like we as men we pull people up in private like you won't ever see us pulling up our friend but your friend is still acting like a predator so what bro. what now bro what now <laughs> what are, what are you saying in private then like okay you didn't want to out your friend on twitter that he is a predator okay cool but the conversations in private aren't really hitting so do you have a, do you have a do you have another level do you have a plan b yeah what's the plan b because plan um, a isn't really working it's at this not point. working he's still you guys still went out on friday night and he was still demonstrating extreme predatory behavior so um you know where do we go from here um Mm -hmm. i think in terms of what more they can do i think it needs to be maybe the same way we have those random signs in the toilet like ask for angela Mm -hmm. if you're feeling uncomfortable i think they need to have signs in in their urinals that say like have you been laying it on a bit thick in today's date have you, mm. do you know what I mean? Have you asked her if she's still comfortable? Have you been, has you seen her make an uncomfortable face or expression? Do you maybe mm. want to call it a night and go, well, are you too drunk? Do you feel mm. out of your comfort levels that you may do something untoward? Fucking go home then. Maybe, speak to Liam. Yeah, speak also, to Liam. Also, and I think there should be like, have you seen a woman in the club who looks uncomfortable when she's yeah. with a man? Like, yeah. speak yeah. to Samuel, like, go to the bar and ask for Samuel and then we'll make sure someone goes over to their table. I feel like there needs to be, in the same way that for women, we have all of that information at the back of our, um, the back of the toilet stall, so that as we're we and we can have a little bit of a read, they need to have it slap bang in front of the urinal so that as men are are we and they can have a little read about how they can protect women in that space. Let's make it an everyone problem. I know that we kind of speak about girl code and if you see a woman, like, being spoken to by a man and she looks uncomfortable go up to her and act like you know her mm-hmm. amazing I feel like that is what we also what we need to do we need to all kind of protect each other even though we shouldn't have to protect each other but yeah. like let's make that an everyone conversation let's bring everyone yeah. into that and yeah. let's make sure yeah. that everyone feels responsible for everyone yeah. and not the men because at this point in my opinion, it feels like men only feel responsibility for their friends. They yeah, don't feel yeah, com- yeah, they don't yeah, feel responsibility yeah. for other men who may be harming yeah, women. They yeah, keep that at yeah. arm's length. They only feel responsible for their friends. Yeah. At this rate, from a woman, and I can speak for myself, mm-hmm. I feel responsible for the experience and safety of all women whenever yeah, I'm outside. 100%. 100%. How, how did we get to that point where there, there's that disparity where yeah. you're only concerned about whether your friend is being aggressive? Yeah. But I'm concerned about the safety of every woman when I'm out and making sure that I do speak yeah. to Angela if I feel like I'm uncomfortable. It, it is weird, actually, when you put it like that, like why they don't feel, they don't extend that same, I guess, unity within the gender. Um, mm. And maybe it's because they themselves would exhibit some of that own predatory behaviour. So they don't really feel like they can call it out because last week, Saturday, they were doing the same thing in a different club. Um, Whereas for us, we're kind of seen as, 
oh my gosh, that girl over there looking uncomfortable. We're, we're relating to either when we've been there or we know mm. a friend has been there or we can empathise and imagine being in that position, which is why we then want to protect and make sure that they're okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's kind of, I guess the the likeness of 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 the girl woman situation makes us feel closer, and the likeness of the man situation makes them want to step back, um, which mm. is quite interesting. But yeah, I think I definitely think like what you said, like them also sh- like sharing, making it an everyone's problem, and sharing, you know, the responsibility to also go to the bar and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I think as well there needs to be some kind of like um, nuance with it as well, and that they need to realize that actually sometimes them them coming over to maybe if I was on a date for example and I was feeling uncomfortable that man coming over to me I might also be shit scared of you too so actually the best approach maybe is to go to um, a woman at the bar and and Mm -hmm. speak to a woman at the bar so that the woman can come to me and I'll feel more comfortable because maybe if a man comes over I'm going to be shit scared maybe if a man goes to speak to a a member of the bar staff that's also a man and comes over I'm going to be shit scared because you're all Mm -hmm. just men and and Mm -hmm. and you could all be demonstrating violence towards me so I so I think as well yeah them also having that understanding that actually we're not actually calling you here to be the hero and I think that's the important mm-hmm. thing about allies yes. you're not here to be the hero you just need to um help me help change how this situation goes but you don't need to be the savior like don't yeah. start fucking rocking his drawer and now you're beating each other up because again <laughs> male violence like you've you've missed You've missed the point, and now I'm You've scared of both. The point. Now I'm scared of both of you because I think, well, if I got on the wrong side of you, maybe you'd fucking punch me in the face as well. Yeah. I don't know. So, yeah. so I think, yeah, it's not about them being the hero, and maybe that's what they think it is, and that's why they think it's too big of a job for them to do because they think, oh fucking hell, I can't stop all the rapists. Do you know what I mean? They're just thinking it's like such Word. a big job, and it's like, no, you just need to tell your friend. Did you fucking touch her ass? Don't do that, you prick. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, don't do yeah. that. She looks uncomfortable. Look at her. She's crying. Do you know what I mean? That's that's literally or just speak to the mandem and be like, Ra, why did you why did you spray the alcohol on her top and now you're you're touching the alcohol on her breast? Why are you doing mm. that? Pull them up in that moment. It's not later yeah. like, oh yes, they use me the magic you know. When you grab their tip Are you bro? Fucking, bro, are you stupid? Like, yeah, it's just it's oh I, do you know what? I feel like I do feel like it's it's actually quite hard to give tips of what they should do because literally just don't rape us, just don't yeah. kill us and stuff. Like I just feel like it's it's quite simple because we don't have that in us. <laughs> do you yeah. know what I mean? It, yeah. Or or obviously there are women killers, but not in the same degree of the male violence that is ingrained in their gender. So it's very mm. hard for me to be like, mm, what do I tell someone to try and make sure that they don't rape? Like what what can we do? It's it's hard to. And think I also about it. think I completely agree with you, and I think that as you've spoken about that it's made me think like as women we should not have to be the ones to come up with the solution mm-hmm. like as men they should really be the ones to come up with the solution and i know we shouldn't conflate like different identities but when we're thinking about intersectionality it's relevant like it's the, almost the idea of going to a black person being like what can i do <laughs> as an ally to be a better ally like as a white person absolutely um, yeah have you listened and learned have you done the reading have you done the learning have you because yeah. you shouldn't be using my labor so yeah. i think in the same way as women we actually shouldn't have to be the ones who are responsible for again babying enabling men who don't yeah. know the best way yeah. for them to women like read something read some stats figure out like the patriarchy something open a sociological book something figure out how these structures benefit you yeah 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 a hundred percent and i think as well especially 
um, men in positions of power, whether, but even within our culture, so even with like social media and stuff, I think it needs to be like um, men that are influencers talking about it. Um, no matter what their um, intersectionality is, I think it needs to be all men talking about it because actually a lot of these, like how to keep women safe, even like, you know, the kind of ironic one that we read and it was like how to, how to, um, how to stop women from being sexually assaulted and it was actually all targeted at men even yeah. that is just being reposted by women even the colour of it makes it's it seem so like true. it's for women a man probably would just skip that because he wouldn't think it's content for him so I yeah. think it's important that actually men are creating their own resources and their own posts and their own kind of mini think pieces and threads and stuff on mm. on what needs to be done and, and having the conversation within their communities because all over my feed is on there but it's just women reposting it it's, yeah. you I'm going to need Dysonomics to create one of his right. like right. things that right. with the COVID updates um, how not to um, perpetrate violence against women exactly. and list all the ways with the emojis that he does I'm going to need that because right. then we will see that on the stories because the men like that sort yeah. of background the, they like yeah, that they aesthetic like that content, they don't like yeah. the, the lilacs and the pastel colours you know but they I do mean? really like a um, a visual created by a man yeah, that's like yeah, really they do. objective and I think as well like I'm sorry but it, it just can't always be Sideman like Sideman will forever talk yeah. about it because he's passionate about it and he, he should continue to so I'm not saying that he should stop doing it he should continue to but it can't always be Sideman talking about violence against women it's got mm. you you don't have to pick up the fucking book and pick up the fucking mic and like he is and also do your igtvs um mm. and 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 protect us as women it like it you just need to do it you just need to be be that voice of influence like men secretly want to be influencers so bad they pretend they don't they want to be influencers so bad like when your friends so say oh bad. teach me bro i'm trying to be like you yeah not a fucking rapist like yeah that's so that's, How about we start with that workshop? Do you know what I mean? I want to see men in positions of influence, like, you know, the cool kids, the ones that are very relatable and influential. When I, I have want, the dunks trainer, when they bend down and dust off the trainer, right, them one that right, have 10,000 likes on their pictures. Right. I want to see them doing up Instagram Live and IGTV on male violence. And I want the comments saying, I'm trying to be like you, bro. And that means not a fucking rapist. That's yeah. that's what I want to see. With the 100 the, emoji, because right. that's how you know they mean it. Right, that's right, yeah. right. That's the level of influence I want to see um, mm-hmm. because they're not doing enough and actually it shouldn't be that another woman has to share her own survival story for it for you to think oh fuck it's happened to her as well like you know what was the stats 90 whatever and not not mm. everyone did the thing i'd probably yeah, say 97 i'd probably say 99 in fact i'd probably say at least one of my at least every single one of my friends has either been like sexually assaulted in some degree mm-hmm. um or being in a very extremely uncomfortable situation with a man. Um, and, I, and I have a lot of fucking friends, so if we just put that into... <laughs> do you know what I mean? Let's I just... think you should make a stat about that. 100% of my friends <laughs> have been in this, I have a lot of fucking friends. I have a lot of fucking friends, and so let's just put that into perspective. Um, oh, so, yeah, I just think, men, you need to just have a fucking word with yourselves, first of mm-hmm. all. Um, 
reflect on your own experiences and it's not now for you to do a pity party about yourself because you've just realized that you've also you know yeah. followed through with male violence that's not no it's not your fucking p- it's no one's got time for that it's not a pity party it's also not time for you to put on your superhero cape we don't want you to save anyone and we don't want you to be sitting there crying because you did something to a woman 20 years ago okay mm-hmm. you owe her apologies and you owe her um closure and peace and protection that actually she'll never get from you because of what you've done okay but and she you... also doesn't like you know i feel like sometimes people feel like yeah i should message them and then we're gonna have yeah. a really great conversation don't. she doesn't owe you anything okay yeah, so if it's on you that you want to go and apologize that is on you mm-hmm, she does mm-hmm. not owe you any reflections any apologies any thoughts yeah none of that yeah. so don't do it from like a savior complex you're yeah. not saving yeah. anyone because you've yeah. already done it now yeah. so the least that you can do is apologize but she does yeah. not owe you anything anything um so yeah Purr. Purr. there's a lot of work to be done um <sighs> and you look just gotta fucking get on with it because we can't continue like this because mm it's just soon it's just gonna be you lot fucking out there in the clubs you lot going yeah. out there because we won't be fucking going out because it won't be safe and it won't yeah. feel safe and it doesn't feel safe um yeah. but you know we we're trying to live our lives fucking hell mm-hmm. you know i mean don't rob it from us please so yeah, yeah. madness man madness. madness and i think it's it's a it's a bigger conversation i feel like this is only like scratch the surface but mm-hmm. i think I'm hoping that this conversation has really highlighted to people how integral it is that men are allies to women yeah, yeah, and other yeah. marginalised genders. Like, mm-hmm. actually, if you have the power in terms of your gender, like, use that responsibly. Mm-hmm, Don't mm-hmm. just, like, keep all of your responsibilities at arm's length. Find a way to really understand the impact that, like, your power can have in society. Yeah, 100%. Um, it's very important to any difference you're going to make in society, I promise you. 100%. Um, should we do some affirmations? Yes, let's let's close. Let's close right. with some affies. So I'll start with one from the Love and Relationships affirmation deck. And obviously, like, this can be romantic relationships. This can also just be human relationships as well. Mm-hmm. So maybe think about it that way. So we've got a bonus card and it's perspective. Mm-hmm. So it says, what does a hawk see when it flies over your house? Besides the family of mice living nearby that you don't know about. Yeah. <laughs> um, what will your current problems, conflicts, complaints look like when you're 80 years old and you gaze back on the timeline of your life? In this moment, you're being given the gift of clear perspective, men, of knowing that in in the end, everything is going to be probably much better than OK, if you change your ways. Think large enough and even big issues become small. Become an 80-year-old hawk and you're really onto something. Word. <laughs> Set back and really think about the influence that you have is no, what I but... took away from that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was going to read two of Kelechi's, actually, but mm-hmm. one of them is really speaking to me. So I'm just going to read that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's uh, Kelechi of Okafor's Spiritual Seasoning for the Soul. And the card is number 10. Mm-hmm. And I've read this one before, but this one feels particularly like relevant today. So it says the rage that simmers just under your surface requires your attention. The guidance is pretending that everything is fine will only get you so far. Yes, rage can be scary, but things have happened that have brought these feelings up. Things won't stop happening and that rage will only pile up if there's nowhere for it to go. Find a safe environment to work through these feelings so you can keep the temple of your soul free for peace. And I think that's important because I'm angry today um, after that conversation. But I think holding space with Liv and like being able to speak to you all has really helped me contextualise my thoughts and feelings and really helped me process it. So, yeah, deal with that anger in the way that you feel best and then move on with the way that hopefully we can make it better 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's so um, ironic, actually, because I pulled that card on the 1st of October, like, when I was like, oh. okay, new month, let's see. And at the time, I was like, I don't really think I'm angry. And then now I'm like, mm. actually, yeah, right. I'm, I'm fucking pissed. I'm fucking yeah. pissed off. <laughs> um, okay, I am going to actually read one of the affirmations in the receipts book. Oh, um, I didn't know they had affirmations in the yeah, book. Yeah, they just got like, a that. page. I'm just trying to think... Um, of a really really cute one um and okay i'm gonna choose this one it says what is for you will not pass you by nurture your own blessings and spend less time watching other people's it Mm. says sometimes we become so obsessed with watching other people's lives we forget to live our own and don't realize the blessings we have in front of us when you feel yourself doing this make sure you check yourself Um, and i think that's really really nice um what is for you will not pass you by um, including pulling up your friends, so you know okay. if you haven't It'll just been keep held... happening again and again and again. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If you haven't been held accountable for your actions, don't worry, that will not pass you by. Um, mm-hmm. it is coming. Um, and then I'm gonna pull from Kalechi Spiritual Season for the Soul deck. Um, and this is number thirty three, and it says every vibe eventually finds a tribe. You are going through a shift, and environments you were used to may no longer feel comfortable. Continue to grow in truth and eventually your soul family will find you. Um, so that is really cute. And I'm just going to do one more from Kalechi. Just Go on, honey. Um, it's number 30 and it's You Are Always Enough. It says, what ha- whatever has happened recently or in the past to make you question your worth requires you to instantly let it go. You were, all- you were and always will be enough. Literally nothing can change this truth. And I want to just dedicate that one to like survivors um, mm-hmm. of male violence and just remember that you are enough and whatever happened to you was 100% not your fault. I know pretty much everything in society points to making it seem like had we done X, Y, Z differently, this wouldn't have happened. Um, but it absolutely no responsibility lies with you. The responsibility 100% lies with the perpetrator like it mm-hmm. does with any other type of violence in, in the world apart from male yeah. violence. Um, so yeah, please just remember um, that you are enough. Love that. Thank you so much, hon. Um, if the people want to tell us their thoughts and also recommend on how men can be better allies, where can mm-hmm. they find us on the internet? You can find us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at The Rebound Pod. And you can also hashtag The Rebound Pod to continue the conversation. Um, I'm not going to be sarcastic with you guys today because I'm not really in the mood. But you never <laughs> hashtag, but just hashtag it. Um, you can... Um, listen to our episode on all your favorite streaming platforms um and if you're on apple podcast we would love it if you could leave us a five star rating and review that'd be fab if you follow us on spotify or amazon music um then you can also like and follow us on there as well and you can be the first to find out when an episode comes out um you can follow dj at khadija underscore rose and me at olivia perlita um Please look out for the birthday post this weekend. Whoa, 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 whoa. Um, girl is turning 27 on Monday, the 11th of October. That's on period. Oh, my goodness. Um, so um, I don't have a cash app, but if you want to send it You've to got to make job, one. Then reference list. No, you have to make a cash and... app, please. Thank <laughs> I'm you. I'm literally not going to make one. Um, so... Good luck in your blessings. <laughs> Um, yeah, what is meant for me will not pass me by, you know, so the money will come to me anyway. The word. Um, That's true. 
so yeah thank you so much um i think i think i included all our pages and everything all the yeah, way if you can you did, find darling. us yep uh, so come yeah. find us let us know your thoughts um thank you so much for rocking with us if you made it to the end of this episode please take some time to decompress and i hope that the information shared was useful um i know a little bit emotional but yeah we can all be part of the change that we want to see and if you're a man do better call people out let's just like all be one caring community um but yeah thank you so much for rocking with us this week and always and we will catch you in the next one Bye. bye